Okay, just invite you to open to Ephesians chapter 4. Just make a few opening remarks before we call upon two of our brethren to read the chapter. It is very important, of course, to read the scripture. Someone has once remarked that for some professing Christians, the only reading they ever get is when they assemble together with the church. I trust that's not the case here. That's a general statement. I trust all of us are regular readers that we're feeding on the word of God because we're going to see today the importance of it in our walk or in our conduct as a saint. Now, we put that word saint in uh, walk and saint in. Well, I can't advance it. Oh, there it goes. Uh, in uh, quotations because saint is mentioned a number of times in this epistle. If you're here this morning and you know Christ as your Savior, you are a saint. It's not A saint is not someone that is um, canonized after they die, right? They die and then all of a sudden they're knighted as saints and we worship them. No. Many an individual, right, in the religious world has saints that they... Uh, 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 consecrate and they wear on their neck and they put in key places around their house and in their yard and these are saints to protect them. That is not what the Bible says a saint is. So when we read uh, about the saint, that's it. Those that know Christ as Savior. But then the walk. What about the conduct, the lifestyle of a believer? I trust that many of us here this morning are saints. We are believers. We are Christians. We are ones that have trusted Christ as Savior. In the chapter we're going to read today, we're going to read about the worthy walk. What is that? Chapter 1, verse, verse 1 through 16, we're going to read about the worthy walk. Walk worthily. Let's, we're going to learn about that. Then in the last half of the chapter, walk differently. And we're dividing it because you see that word, therefore, and they both have the word walk. Notice that when we read through uh, walk in verse one, therefore, walk 17, therefore, walk. OK, we're to walk worthily. We're to walk differently. Let's think about we'll talk about this in just a minute. But let's just think about the worthy walk. If I know if. If I know one that's supposed to be a saint, a Christian, would we not expect him to conduct his life, her life, in a specific way? Do you agree with that? Yes. Let's put it down to earth. I have a heart problem when I am checking the available doctors in the cardiac realm and I want to know about this one and that one. I want to select one that is that is uh, uh, outstanding in his field that he has. He's 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 not just a doctor, but he knows what he's doing. I might expect to go to this doctor and expect to be treated and 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 prepped and and, and examined and all that in a in a worthy way because he knows his stuff. I wouldn't go to one that you know all he has is a baseball bat and a pick and that's what he's going to do. No, I might examine him and take interviews. Is he a worthwhile doctor? Now, let's just say this. I have the privilege every day 
as a saint of God to examine myself if I'm walking in a worthy way as God has called me to walk. My speech, my thoughts, my actions, do they compare to what a Christian is? In other words, when so-and-so comes in the room, do I say, Oh dear, it's her again. She says she's a Christian, but look at the gossip that comes out of her mouth. Is that a Christian? No. You're right. <laughs> but it's a serious matter, isn't it? Think about it this before we read. I get, this is so exciting. When you walk into your office, do others see the Lord Jesus in you as you're typing away, as you're digging away? No. Do they see the Lord Jesus in your actions, in your lifestyle? In the things that you think. Because as a man thinks, so is he. So think about this. This is important. And before, I want just one more thing. We learned last, last week the link. I, never, I don't know that I ever saw this. The link between the two chapters. If my walk is not commensurate, if my walk, my conduct, my thought life, my speech is not agreeable to what a Christian is, I have to go back, right, to chapter 1, 2, and 3 and get the teaching, get the doctrine down. There is a relation, right? Knowing. Do you know the person of Christ? Do you know the Christian doctrine? Do you know that you've been once without God in this world? You ever notice that chapter 2? You know what that word is? We're going to look at a Greek word today. That Greek word, without God, is atheo, atheo, atheist. Did you know that? Once before Christ, B.C., I was without God. I was an atheist without the tr knowledge of the true and living God. No wonder some of us don't act like believers. We don't act so saintly because we don't know where we've come from, why we're here, where we're going. Let's think about it. But how awful to be without God in his own world. That's where we were apart from Christ. Without the knowledge of the true God. No God to worship. No God to praise. No God to love. No God to support us in trial. No God to support us in death. What an awful thing. Let's read Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called, and one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean but that he also first ascended into the lower parts of the earth? 
He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, may we grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Therefore I say this and testify in the Lord. You should no longer walk as Gentiles walk in the futility of their thoughts. They are darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the hardness of their hearts. They became callous and gave themselves over to promiscuity for the practice of every kind of impurity with a desire for more and more. That is not how you learned about the Messiah, assuming you heard about him and were taught by him, because the truth is in Jesus. You took off your former way of life, the old self, that is corrupted by deceitful desires. You are being renewed in the spirit of your minds. You put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness in righteousness and purity of the truth. Since you put away lying, speak the truth, each one to his neighbor, because we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger, and don't give the devil an opportunity. The thief must no longer steal. Instead, he must do honest work with his own hands, so that he has something to share with anyone in need. No foul language is to come from your mouth, but only what is good for building up someone in need, so that it gives grace to those who hear. And don't grieve God's Holy Spirit. You were sealed by Him for the day of redemption. All bitterness, anger, and wrath, shouting, and slander must be removed from you, along with all malice. And be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God also forgave you in Christ. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Andrew. Let's just take a look. You know, really, we could close the meeting right here just with this slide. Because the saint is called to walk in a worthy manner, and that's spelled out somewhat here. But he's also called, or she's also called, to walk differently. Right? I live, you live, in a very wicked and ungodly world. I work in an office where all I hear is gossip and backstabbing. Is that to be my portion? Do I follow those steps? Do, is my heart filled with bitterness because of this sister or that guy? We need to examine ourselves. Walk worthy. Walk differently. Listen. The judgment seat of Christ is coming. But I 
as an individual saint, can judge my life as a believer every day in the presence of God. Isn't that something? That I could prepare for that judgment seat that's to come. All right, let's talk a little bit about Ephesians chapter 4. Help me here, Jason. Just, just advance. Uh, it's not, this thing's not responding for me. It's not walking like I want it to walk. And it's not walking like you want it to walk either, is it? Okay. Uh, okay, let's get the techno experts on it. What we're going to... Ah, here we go. Let's talk about walk. Yeah. <laughs> this guy was walking around the Internet, so I grabbed him, right? It just... This word walk is used both literally and figuratively in the word of God. In other words, Jesus walked in Galilee. That means he physically walked in the uh, region of Galilee. But it's also used in a figurative way. Right? The way I, my lifestyle, my conduct. If I want to say, how is the walk of Roger Bowman? How is the walk of Gary Wainwright and so on? I, you know, we could... We could all get out our little pencils and papers and say, wow. You know when that usually comes out? At somebody's funeral. You ever notice that? At the funeral. What kind of conduct? Oh, he was the best typewriter, typist in the world. But what about his conduct as a believer? We've had a number of funerals lately, and that's when all of this comes out, you know. Don't let it, don't, don't wait for your funeral, right? For that to come out. Let's examine ourselves and walk worthy. So what does it mean to walk? Walk is the word, I, again, uh, pardon the pronunciation or mispronunciation, parapateho, parapatao, something like that. But why do I bring that up? Well, because... It, it's, it, we, we get the, it, it transfers into English. It basically means to, as I understand it, to travel around to different places. So we might have a, uh, uh, you might have a peripatetic doctor, right, that goes from place to place and heals and does his thing and examines and, and administers medicine and so forth. You might be a waiter or a waitress, right? You have a peripatetic job, right? It's an English word, right, that it tells us about. Now, so if I say to you, well, how is your peripatetic action as a believer? How is your conduct? How is your lifestyle? Right? In your neighborhood. Let's, let's, let's go. Let's go into Fern's neighborhood and examine. Let's go around all our neighbors and see. Is Fern walking with the Lord? Do they know that she's a child of God? Do they know by, her, by the way she talks, by the way she acts, that she's a child of God? How is her, her walk as a believer? How is your walk as a believer? It should be commensurate. It should be worthy. Okay, and let's say walk worthy of the vocation. Now, I know if you're a King James person, that's what you have, vocation. Every other translation is calling. But I want to say I like that word vocation. You know why? Because uh, we have a number right around us here of vo-tech schools, right? Vocational technical schools. What would you like to do? What would you like your career to be for life? Right? They push it, at least when I was in school way back when, right? The, the uh, vo-tech people came in and said, choose your vocation. So I did. I'm glad I did. But, is air conditioning the only career for me? Is secretary the only career for you? Is school teacher the only career for you? I want to tell you that sometimes our careers overtake our 
calling. Because what are we called to do as saints? Walk worthy. That means if I'm a teacher, all the teachers around me will know this girl, this guy is different because of the way they talk, because of the way they act. They don't act like everybody else. Vocation. Walk worthy, comparable, suitable to what is on this side should be on the other. And walk worthy to the calling. The calling, we could talk, we could say a number of things about that in the book of Ephesians, all of it. But let's just settle to say that God, let's, we'll generalize it. Jesus came to call sinners to repentance. He's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light, into this great salvation that is, is lined out in chapter 1, 2, and 3, and then the service for the believer, chapter 4, and then how we're to be different throughout the rest, our sanctification. Now, let's just take one aspect. We don't have a lot of time. How should you, how should I conduct myself in the family of God and in the world? What's one aspect? Forbearing one another in love. Putting up with. You don't know what goes on in my home. You don't know my mother-in-law. She's tough to get along with. However, if I'm going to walk worthily, I'm going to what? Forbear, put up in love, right? I am going to cover each other's infirmities, pity each other's failings, and pardon each other's provocations. That sister, she rubs me the wrong way. She's hard to get along with. I can't stand her. Mm. Got this bitterness in my heart. It's creeping up. About to belch out. It's true. You know what the writer of Hebrews says? Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you. You know there's a lot of Christians that end up in a lot of counseling offices because of that root of bitterness. Because... That brother, he's so hard to get along with. And I don't want to forbear. Other, I don't want another in love. What does that lead to? Well, that's just one example. We could talk about a lot of things here. Endeavoring, making ever, every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. So what does that mean? When sister so-and-so comes by, I won't even look at her because I can't stand her. I'll look somewhere else. Think about it. The worthy walk. How does it bear out in my lifestyle, in my thought life, in my private life? Forbearing one another in love. Endeavoring, making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Oh, One Lord, one faith. The, the, the unity of the Spirit is spelled out here. But let's just suffice it to say there's one body animated by one spirit, sharing one hope, acknowledging one Lord, confessing one faith, sealed by one baptism, recognizing one Father of all. We labor as Christians, as saints, to keep that unity. 
Not just be, well, because that one rubs me the wrong way. You know what I found out? Uh, those of you that work as managers, as supervisors, you'll know this. One of the, the, the main tasks, I, I, I could hardly believe it. I know it's old hat to most of you. To keeping a, a, uh, a team together in the office, you know what it is? Personal conflict. Personal conflict. I don't put me to work with that apprentice today because I can't stand him. I don't want to be around her. If you're a, if you're a supervisor, you know that. You've got to think ahead. Because you know this one doesn't get along with this one. This one doesn't get along with this one. This one doesn't get along with this one. Can you imagine? There's a father up above and he's looking down at love. Oh, be careful. Little eyes, what you see, your hands, what you do. Can you imagine looking up to that one father and saying, I can't stand that sister. To dwell above with saints below. Oh, that will be glory. To dwell below with saints below. Oh, that's another story. I can't take it. This is serious business, isn't it? It's cause for each of us to examine our hearts in the light of God's holy word, in the light of God's holy presence, and in the light of the spirit that dwells in me. We're going to read, is it here? Yes, it is here. I can grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Did you know that? By my actions. Is that what you want to do? Let's get Mr. Walker off this thing. Let's move it some. Ah, here's a good one. Do you know? Well, I guess all of us here at Boulevard know. We have a lot of bright and beautiful children in this assembly. One of them makes every effort when he comes home to drop his shoes and his dad's work boots. Dad started thinking. I have to watch my steps because Junior is watching. Now, those of you that are parents, does that make sense to you? Those of you that aren't parents, there's a father up above. He's looking down in love. Is my steps... The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Is my steps as my walk pleasing the Lord? I'm going to walk. Am I walking after the manner that he would have me walk? There's a number of things we could bring out, but time is short. I just want to bring out <clears throat> a few more things before we close. The ascended Christ led captivity captive. When he came down out of heaven, he led captive those of us who were captivated by sin and Satan and now we're captives of Christ. And just like the, uh, the captain that leads the, in triumph all of the enemies and all that he has conquered, why he's led captivity captive. And not only that, he's gave gifts to men. He's delivered his people to his own power. That's what Christ did when he came down and, uh, and he bore our sin in his own body on the tree. He, there's a number of verses that tell us that he triumphed 
over them, the principalities and powers. He triumphed over them in it. It says in Colossians, and then in, uh, in Luke chapter 4, it talks about setting the captive free. That's where we are if we know Christ as Savior. Why did He give gifts? Why did He do that? For the perfecting, for the equipping of saints. By the way, do you know what your gift is? It talks about gifts here. Watch this. It says, unto every one of us is given grace, that is the gift of Spiritual gift. When <clears throat> it's not just for the superlatives. Sometimes we get the impression in the Christian experience. Well, it's just those of you that have this public gift. You're the, you're, you're the clergy. I'm the lady. I just come and listen and then I go home. When I was in high school a long time ago, right? Didn't you have these categories? Most likely to succeed. Most likely to what? I don't know. How many categories are there in the superlatives? A lot, right? And you look up and oh, I want to be like them. It's not just them that have a gift. You and I who know Christ, every single one of us has a gift from the risen Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God. Now watch this. Why? That we should henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. You and I both know in the world in which I live, there's all kind of currents of Christendom out there. There's all kind of hurricanes of heresy out there. Storms of Satan that are trying to get into my heart to get me all twisted around. Listen to what Paul said. He brings the elders of Ephesus to him. And he, one of the warnings he gave them is, Be careful! Some of your own people will arise out of your own little assembly and speak perverse things to draw away disciples after them. You know what that is? That's the truth with a twist. Sometimes people say, well, he's reading the Bible. Listen. On Christian television, quote, Christian television, we need no matter who it is. If it's Joel Osteen, if it's Joyce Meyer, if it's John Hagee, if it's Charles Stanley, no matter who it is. We need to beware, don't we? We need not... Is all of our understanding and teaching coming from them? If it is, we're in trouble. And if it's coming from me, you're in trouble. Watch out for the slight of men. There are many currents of Christendom out there that are going to lead people right to hell. One of the main ones... is the age-old doctrine, salvation by works. How many thousands of people are there out there that send money for the prayer cloth because they're positioning their self for a place in heaven? I gave! I gave, I gave my money to you! Therefore, I'm acceptable in God's sight. 
We could spend hours on the slight of men that's out there. But what we're to do, according, if we're going to walk worthy, is to be have this knowledge of the Son of God from the Word of God. When the child of God looks into the Word of God, he is changed into the image of God by the Spirit of God. What a wonderful salvation. If you have a problem, if I have a problem, if I know that my mouth, out of my mouth comes gossip, and what, what did your translation say for corrupt communication? King James says it's at the end of the chapter. That was an interesting uh, word. Sometimes it's good to read, you know, the other translation. It gives us, a, I think it's verse 30, 31, 32, somewhere down there. If I have a problem with my language, did you find it yet? Foul language. <laughs> when in Rome, do us the Romans. I had a conversation once with my supervisor. He's a professing Christian, fine man. Oh. But somehow now <clears throat> I'm just I'm just reading the Bible. Somehow when he gets in a specific group, <laughs> foul language <laughs> belches out. What about you? What about you? What about me? Let's end up with 17 through 32. We're to walk worthy but we're to walk differently. What an awful description <clears throat> of other, the others that are in the world. Gentiles, it says, This I say and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Empty, containing no truth, devoted to vain, sinful pursuit. What? You can't read this without being affected. That's the kind of people that are in this world. And that's the kind of person I was apart from Christ. Having their understanding darkened. Alienated. Separated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Who being past feeling. What does it say? Callous. Callous. I, I, I have no feeling. Somebody once said, conscience like an alarm clock. You know? The alarm clock, well, nowadays, I don't know, they don't have those type anymore, but I hit the snooze button. Bang! The old type, you know, the old type alarm clocks that had the little bell. You know, bang! I hit the alarm clock. Bang! Hit it again. That's what conscience is. I keep putting it in this place. Go back to sleep. Bang! Bang, 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 Betty Toon. There's no more alarm clock. And there's no more conscience because I beat it to death. <clears throat> Beware. I can get like that in my Christian experience, right? I just make my conscience so hard. Let me tell you what Enoch, Esau did. Oh, we're getting out of time here. Esau... He was a profane person. 
And when he, when he was tricked, and, and he didn't want it anyway, when he wanted what, to get that spiritual blessing, he sought it carefully with tears, but he found no repentance because he was so hardened. He found no repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. Ha <laughs> ha, I want that gift. But he couldn't have it. Because why? Bang, 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 he hardened his conscience. Two more things. Be renewed. Put off the old man. Put on the new. That happened at conversion, I believe. The moment Matt Fury trusted in Christ, the old man, all that he was in Adam was put off. And the new man, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. creation. All things were passed away, all things become new. That's what happened when Matt trusted Christ as his Savior. But now, Matt, like everybody in this room that knows Christ as Savior, where to what? Renew. There's this renewing process. That's continuous. It seems that the putting off and the putting on that happened once. Those of you that are Greek scholars might be able to see that, but it doesn't matter. The renewing is a constant process because that old man's always rearing his ugly head. You know, I'll give you a piece of my mind. That's what we always want to do when somebody cuts us off in traffic, when somebody speaks an unkind word to us. I'm going to get him back. I'm going to hold on to my anger. I'm going to let the sun go down on it. I don't care. And then what happens? Bitterness. Nothing wrong with being angry. There's righteous anger. But if I let it stew, it leads to bitterness. What's the, what's the, what's the word of Scripture? Be angry, but don't sin. Deal with it. There's something that's caused me anger. Deal with it. In the presence of God and in the presence of that person. Go back to that person that backstabbed you, that said an unkind word. Lastly, Beware about my lifestyle, your lifestyle, your conduct. Is it grieving the Spirit of God the way you're living right now? Let me ask you this. If the Lord called you home right now, would you be satisfied with your thought life? your speech with your actions would you stand before the Lord ashamed because I spent I can't even sleep at night because all this is piling on me all these problems of finances and relationships and and, and health it's plaguing me Am I grieving the Spirit of God by my actions, by my thought life, by my speech? What am I cho- what am I, how am I displaying myself to my children, to my family, to my co-workers? Do they know my stand in Christ? 
Can they tell by the way I talk? Can they tell by the actions that come out of my life? Or am I grieving the Holy Spirit of God? How about the way I treat one another? Be kind one to another. Compassionate, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. You remember the story? We'll close with this. <clears throat> Luke chapter 7. The lady comes in to the Lord. She wouldn't have been able to come in if it was up to the Pharisee. Because he looked at that woman. He said, this woman's a sinner. She's despicable. But because she was forgiven by the Lord, she proved it by her actions. Right? She began, she anointed his head, she anointed his feet with her tears, wiped his feet with her hair. Because she loved much, she proved that she was forgiven much. If I have a problem in not loving my brother or sister, maybe I don't realize how much the Lord has forgiven me. You remember? Well, one more time. Guy. The Lord forgives the man with a $10 million debt. Ah, I'm free. <laughs> Can you imagine the burden lifted off? If you had a $10 million debt and all of a sudden it's, not, it's, it's, it's done. And then he goes out to the man that owed him a dollar. <laughs> Pay me what you owe. You snake. You owe me a dollar. That's how we act in our life. Do you know how much you have been forgiven by the Lord? Do I know how much I have forgiven? Let me, tell, let me just tell you this. When I watch the speech, the actions of others, I say, wow. But for the grace of God, that's where I go. And I can learn from that. Sometimes the Lord, the issues that I'm dealing with, the Lord puts them right in front of our face. If I have a problem with backstabbing, I got Mr. or Mrs. Backstabber right in front of me. Front stabbing me. I hope we get from this chapter the worthy walk. You know, we can change. Today could be the first day that tomorrow I go into the office, I go into my house, and I say, I don't want to grieve the Spirit anymore. I want to walk worthy. I want to walk suitable to how the Lord would have me to walk. And I want to walk differently. When I'm in with all the ladies in the salon and they're all yuck, 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 and talking about their boyfriends and all this. Is my speech, is my action going to convince them to turn to the Savior? Maybe one of the brethren could close in a word of prayer.